when execution is abundant, meaning you have lots of money and lots of resources, opportunities are down. Why? Because lots of execution means more people can execute and do deals. So there's more competition. So prices are driven higher to it. And so really good deals go down. The people that are waiting for good deals generally can't execute or they haven't prepared themselves to execute or they're scared to execute or whatever the thing is. So when they come, they don't. What's going on guys? Connor here from the Self Storage Income Podcast. It doesn't matter what part of the cycle that we're in, guys. Development is always going to be an amazing opportunity for you guys. And look no further than Forge Building Company to be your building partner at your development project. Forge is one of the leading self-storage contractors in the country. They're building nationwide. And just in the last 15 years, these guys have built over 60 million square feet in storage, which is totally insane. That's a ton of storage, guys. Uh, and that's over 500 projects. So they know self-storage. They can value engineer like nobody's business and save you tons of money. Be sure to check out Forge Building Company. Welcome to Self Storage Income. And uh, we have had, you know, a crazy summer, uh, I, I think, on the whole landscape of the economy, the U.S., self-storage um, and our firm as well. Uh, generally speaking, summer slows down, which in some aspects it, it, it has, but I think a lot more of the slowdown is due to a lot of these economic changes that we're seeing. And I feel like that we're seeing just a, a pause overall. Um, and we really wanted to cover today that pause, which is actually just a transition to a different point in cycles and that transition is going on there's so much opportunity right now there's more opportunity than we've seen in years um but there's also risk and that is something that people just have such a hard time balancing um and so we wanted to talk about that in self-storage what's happening now where those opportunities currently are what we're seeing people that are getting deals done how they're getting them done right and then the dangers and how to how to hold those two things simultaneously in your mind. No, I think it's a really good idea, man. Um, taking a step back, pausing, analyzing what's going on, you know, talking to a lot of these industry leaders, whether you're talking to lenders, brokers, whatever it is, um, owners, and just seeing what everybody else is seeing. Uh, we actually, we jumped on a call with uh, John Marshall and Andrew Freeman a couple weeks ago now. That's right. Kind of just talked shop and, and just said, hey, you know, what are you guys seeing in the industry? Um, you know, and every time we talk to those guys, it's like, we're tracking, like we're, <laughs> we're looking at the same exact yep. things and thinking about the same exact stuff, seeing and the same things. I just got things. back from the California Association, which mm, is the largest yeah. state association in the nation, uh, had every executive of every major or all the CEOs of all the major REITs were there, I believe. I think I saw all of them, um, definitely the big ones. Uh, and then most of the largest, uh, self storage operators on earth were there as well. Mm -hmm. And that was really good feedback um, and interesting to just be talking with all of them, um, as well as the brokers and the banks and everybody else that were there. Uh, it's a good one. Um, it's not quite like the big association ones where, you know, 90% of the people may, may, or not may be in the business or not in the business. You don't really know. Um, huge amounts of them are just vendors, right? Uh, this one is like large operators and um, it's kind of the highlight for them where most of those people don't go to the bigger association ones. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. which is which is super cool because 
I know on your YouTube channel and different channels that we've got, social media and all those things, that's kind of a common question is like, like, where do I get started? How do I get involved in my state and what resources are there available to get into self-storage? And that's a perfect example of uh, one of the many resources that you can take advantage of and be a part of going to those events, meeting those people, talking to those people, building those long-term relationships. Great way to really get a pulse on the market and really truly understand kind of what's going on. Again, what people are seeing, not seeing, and uh, help you kind of develop and, and implement and deploy your strategy. Um, we just did an episode recently uh, about deals coming back, um, yes. which is, it, they absolutely are a phenomenal episode. If you haven't checked that out, it's just a couple episodes back. Go listen to that. And um, again, we're kind of talking this changing landscape and what all that means, how we're anticipating things, how we're looking at things, uh, again, which is super important because we have a lot of macro elements that we can't control that we absolutely have to be paying attention to. Um, this, you know, we're talking cap rates, interest rates, all these different things, generalizations, averages across the industry. Um, and like you're talking, AJ, man, there's a lot of changes going on where uh, it was it was very much a seller's market here recently. And uh, the tide is kind of shifting a little bit, uh, which is really exciting. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. It and I think a lot of people you have a lot of people over the last few years that have wanted to get in the game. They've been waiting, right? And this is kind of the the thing of markets. And when the changes do come, then nobody wants to get in because of dangers, things like that. Well, that's why the changes are there. So a lot of people are trying to get their cake and eat it too, but markets don't care about that. And I often talk about scales. So on one side of the scale, right, you have opportunities. And then the other side of the scale, you have execution. Now, when opportunities are abundant, execution is down. When execution is abundant, meaning you have lots of money and lots of resources, opportunities are down. Why? Because lots of execution means more people can execute and do deals. So there's more competition. So prices are driven higher to it. And so really good deals go down because everybody has money and everybody's trying to get deals. So the people that are waiting for good deals generally can't execute or they haven't prepared themselves to execute or they're scared to execute or whatever the thing is. So when they come, they don't. And the scale goes up and down every single one. You always see it. What people want to see is both sides up at the same time. I want there to be abundant opportunities and I want there to be easily accessible <laughs> or executable opportunities. Mm -hmm. And that's simply not how the economy works. If you had one, you don't have the other. And if you don't have one, you have the other. Um, it's a supply demand function mm -hmm. and uh, as well as a lot of things. Right now we are seeing the scales move. For so many of us, when we're looking at investing in a self-storage facility and purchasing our first facility, or maybe even a facility down the road, maybe we're veterans, we want to use SBA loans. They can be phenomenal options for us to be able to get into a facility at a great rate, at some great terms. Look no further than Live Oak Bank. These guys have some incredible options for SBAs, uh, some incredible terms. They know self-storage. These guys are going to be your one-stop shop for financing, funding, and all things self-storage. Link is in the show notes. Check these guys out. So there used to be abundance of easy execution. People could raise money so easily for self-storage. Banks were loaning to self-storage 
third-party managers, um, and that drove prices sky high. Investor appetite was astronomical. Now, interest rates are rising. That's contracting ability for people to execute at those prices. Banks are readjusting. Markets are starting to look at things differently. Occupancies forecasting are not going to be as high as they have been in the last two years. Um, there's very few things that I'll say with certainty, and I can't say anything with certainty, but that's pretty close. Uh, it's just not... It A lot of people don't understand how out of the norm the last two years were. Historically speaking, the highest average occupancy for self-storage was 86% ever. We've been at 96% for two years. Prior to that, 86 was the highest. So it's very not normal. Now, a lot of people say, oh, I, that's a bad thing. I shouldn't get in. And I'm like, only if you were planning on 96% occupancy. But I'm like, I've never planned on that because we've never averaged that and never had that. Mm-hmm. So that wasn't a part of the plan. So it doesn't change anything. Um, and when you start to look at things differently and looking things like that, then the opportunities aren't actually going away. Um, we are just getting better prices on opportunities that we would have wanted to buy, but the prices wouldn't have allowed us to. We're getting lots of deals are getting retraded. They're falling out of contract like crazy, more than we've ever seen. What that means now is brokers and sellers are getting burned and they're getting selective. That also makes execution hard. Why? Because if they don't really trust you and really know, they don't want to give you the deal because they're scared. Mm-hmm. Um, and so all of these things come together and we're starting to see those, 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 the scale tip. And the scale is easing off and we're seeing price reductions on assets. And a lot of people view it as timing markets. Oh, I'm going to catch it when it's coming down. I'm going to get it at a lower price per square foot, right? Um, we do not do that. I don't time markets. Now, because this is happening, I inherently know we're going to probably buy more deals than we ever have because there will just be more opportunities that we would have bought at prices in which we will now buy them. But we're not timing the market. It's just that's what the market's serving up. And you have to understand that difference. If you don't, you can't really identify the opportunities Mm -hmm. because you identify the opportunities because of where occupancy was and where prices were. And then when it's not there, it doesn't look like an opportunity anymore. That's because you don't know you're, you're, you're viewing it based upon market assumptions, right? Oh, well the price is going down. Well, did the price have to do with value or did the price have to do with the capital that could be used on the asset? Mm -hmm. The value of the asset didn't change, but prices are being reduced. Why? Because of the things that affect the people that are buying are affecting the price. But it didn't affect the value. And you have to disassociate price with value. They're not the same thing. The market is irrational. And the market is filled with players that value different. One of the best ways to increase value of your storage facility is to integrate tech to improve operations, right? So Janus International actually has their no-key technology. It's a keyless access entry system that allows not only the access and entry to the gate, to the building, to the unit, 
it allows tenants to, and potential tenants to actually come in and rent a unit online, right? They can access online, see what units are available, rent the unit, access the building, the unit, everything straight from their phone without ever having to go to the office to do any kind of paperwork or any of that, which is an incredible amount of value for so many people and that user expectation that people have in today's marketplace. Again, Janus International, their Noki system, be sure to check that out. Link is in the show notes. Now, what we've seen in the past was a value-based strategy that was contingent on cost of capital. That is now changing, which I'm very happy about because our strategy, like 99% of everyone that probably listens to this podcast, was not predicated on the cost of capital. In fact, that was a strategy I didn't win at. Why? Because there were people that their cost of capital basis was so much lower, they could acquire at a, so much more and they would acquire it at a, at a higher price because they were looking at the spread between the cap rate and the cost of capital. That's not our strategy. So we're looking at the intrinsic value, the revenue, and how to run the business. So as that strategy goes away, prices have to reflect other types of strategies. That means the prices get down to where our strategy then coincides with the price, which allows us to buy. Mm -hmm. um, and when you when we so when we look at this transition, right? Um, that's what we're identifying. We are not identifying bottoms. I'm not identifying. Well, it's now lower than building cost, right? There's not a metric that we look at and say now we go buy 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 buy. This isn't a stock price where we have a strike price at sixty bucks. Uh, but a lot of people think of investing like that, um, and it that doesn't work. So a lot of the people that are now starting to see and get the opportunities, right, and are going to get over the next year are people that you wouldn't have thought of or people that weren't waiting for that to occur because their strategy wasn't predicated on it. I hope that makes sense. I, I want to talk about our way that we approach the markets because as this changes, um, you know, one of the biggest changes that we've made, in fact, we just rolled out our participation, our partnership uh, program. So our partnership program is designed because we partner with people on deals. So they can actually go to our website, Self Storage Income or Cedar Creek, um, and there's a, a partnership program. They go and they can submit their deal. They can submit everything they want about it. It comes to us. We can evaluate that opportunity, right, and see. One of the biggest reasons why I'm doing that and doing that now is because I'm ex uh, we're executing on the strategy that it's now harder to execute. So people that want to get in the game, they may have an opportunity, but they can't execute. We're a partner. They partner with us, we execute. So they can literally just jump on and fill it out. So the the struggles are changing now, but they never go away. Mm -hmm. So the, it, it's getting harder to raise money. It's getting harder to get banks to loan. It's getting harder to do all those things. Fear and risk are building. Now, the thing that's crazy to me though is, I think you had way more risk last year than you do right now. Why? Because last year didn't have any risk embedded into it. So you're paying premiums even though the risk was that you were paying too high before that occurred. So now that as fear sets in, it's a perceived risk, but I don't think it's a real risk. <laughs> Such a good point. When you guys are looking at property management software for your storage facilities, there's a ton of options out there, but no other option compares to Tenant Inc. 
Tenant Inc. is going to be your one-stop shop solution that has an amazing amount of tools that you can deploy at your fingertips to maximize the value of your facility, to operate it more efficiently, more effectively. They have an open API where you can back in almost anything you want. You own your data, and it's just an incredible solution. I can't say enough good things about these guys. Link is in the show notes. Be sure to check out Tenant Inc. You had yeah. more risk when you were when everything was honky dory. That's when the risk was actually there. So, cell uh, storage, like all real estate assets, is in this changing landscape that isn't going away anytime soon. That's something people really need to understand. Mm -hmm. This isn't a switch. It's not like we're just going to see flood. We are headed into a stagnatory type of market. And the reason why you know this, or not that you know, we don't know anything for certain, but the reason why our thesis is predicated on that is because the federal government has inflation that is only not going away with higher interest rates. It actually rose even after the largest rate hike in 40 plus years, or it's whatever, 60% of America's lifetime plus. So over 60% of all Americans have never seen a rate increase that. And even after that, inflation still rose. Mm -hmm. So what happens is the government has to stop inflation. But two, if they increase rates, they'll send the a total a entire economy into a depression. They're having such a hard time getting a hold of it. It take they can't quickly get the capital out. So that means it's going to just take time to not tank the economy, but slowly try to get that inflation away, increasing the cost of capital, slowly getting activity down until it naturally gets out without losing the train. Right, you, you mm -hmm. losing control of the train. So with that. There's not an easy fix. There's not an easy solution. When you're in a downturn, the easy fix is you flood the economy with money. That's how you do it. So COVID happened. It's okay. We'll just give the economy trillions and trillions of dollars. And now it's better than it was without the government giving trillions of dollars. Now, to get rid of it, though, that's totally different. Um, now, if you wanted to just totally get rid of it, you'll destroy the capital markets so it doesn't achieve it. It's just not as easy. Uh, so we don't believe it's changing anytime soon. We believe that this is going to be a persistent problem. I'm betting on it, and I certainly hope for it, because in a, not a clear market, not clearly up and not clearly down, that's where the most opportunity is, because nobody can figure out which way to go, right? Mm -hmm. So everybody's kind of like, oh, I don't know how, while we're taking action and actually buying and getting deals done. This is a great time for me. I'm very, very excited about it. Um, now, the dangers. There's real dangers, Right because we're going on the back of such a astronomical rise in real estate. We talked about the dangers before. We understand the dangers. Occupancies will drop. We will not see rental rate increases like we did. Some markets are going to see, they're already seeing rental rate drop. You know, I was talking with somebody at the California Association and saying, you know, we're gonna see uh, market, some of these markets, not all of them, um, a lot of markets and some of the markets we're in will actually probably continue to increase rates. And that's another thing. This is very localized and that's how we deter risk is we understand the risk in the overall market and we buy on locations that's a head hedge against that risk. Um, but when we're looking at, I was talking to them and they're like, you know, well, rates across the board and a lot of states, whether that's Texas or something like that, they've only cooled at like, you know, 1%. Like that's not bad at all. And it's like, yeah, but we're in the busiest time for storage ever. So we will see reductions 
in the off season. Once it comes to fall, that's when occupancy drops. That's when we do rate drops, everything else, because demand falls. So if it's already dropping in the summer, well, that means we're probably going to really cool off during the winter. The question is, will you be able to springboard back from it? So when we look at those, I have to look at that market and I have to look at that asset and say, are we at risk of oversupplied? Is the demand vastly outweigh right, what's going on? And is that demand in this market cycle being absolutely hammered? And if it is, we have to avoid those dangers. Now, other places, it's not. It's not being affected at all. In fact, demand is increasing. So we are hypersensitive on a local basis because of macro pressures that are coming in and what that means and what that's going to cause to those areas. You know, think about the housing market, which I've talked a lot about on social media. I've shared a lot on my other podcast. We have huge amounts of research that the housing market, the moving trends, is falling off a cliff. So the housing market, you have areas like Seattle where listings are down 90%, like or showings of listings are down 90%. They're reducing prices. Well, when I see that, I see the showing of listings. I don't care about the price of the house. The showing of listings is down by 90%. That means there are less people that are planning on moving. Massively less in that market. Well, Cell storage is really driven by moving of people. So we, I would expect in those markets to, obviously, if a new product is coming on the market, they are now going to supply a market that has an inverse demand curve. It's now reducing, not accelerating. They're going to have a harder time filling up. That, so that uh, vacancy is going to impact that market differently in this market cycle. So I'm really, we're really looking at that. We're really conscientious, conscientious about it during these times because the cycle is moving. It doesn't mean that the assets are tanking, everything's going under, anything else like that. But it does mean it's changing. And we have to have a flexibility on the assets and a structure that allows that asset to change in occupancy and revenue and that it, we don't lose the asset or nothing bad happens. Um, I say this a lot. Uh, real estate, you know, in the long run is very much predicated on the markets, but in the short run, it's predicated on you. So in the short run, you can affect the asset a lot. In the long run, you have probably very little effect on it. The market will even things out and rates will just generally rise, right? Meaning 50 years ago, if you had a New York flat, right, renting for 500 bucks a month, um, there is that doesn't even exist today. So even bad property owners rent is 5x what it was because the market forced it to go up due to cost and things like that and consolidation marking. Now, in the short run, though, that's not true. There's lots of fluctuations and you have to be ready for those fluctuations. Prices move, occupancy changes, and you cannot be betting on short-term things for your long-term strategy to play out, you're going to get screwed. And a lot of people are going to get in trouble with that. So uh, bet on yourself in the short term, right? But bet on the market in the long term and set a structure that allows the market to not work in the short term, um, but benefit you in the long term. And that's a big thing on how we deal with today's dangers, localized, and looking at this change in the market. So we're ramping up, but we're being more specific. We're more aware to the macro effects on local markets 
and we're identifying local markets that are hedging against those risks. Dude, it's such a good breakdown of, of just all the fundamentals, uh, right? Of, you know, you're looking at supply and demand, how those things are affecting a market and an asset. Um, we're looking at all these different aspects, whether it's the, the units, the occupancy, the rates, um, these macro level factors. You're just, again, touching on all those fundamentals that I think a lot of us can get kind of carried away in, you know, looking at some of these granular things and all these different, I mean, it's so loud, right? There's so many things going so on, many things. so many talking heads saying all this stuff's going on and, and just kind of going back to some of those fundamentals and recognizing and understanding why certain things are happening and how they're happening and how to hedge against that risk and manage that risk. Um, oh, and you talked long-term vision, you know, planning for long-term, but being able to, you know, navigate those ebbs and flows in the short term, like yeah, we, so such a good breakdown, dude. Like when we looked at, for example, long-term, our long-term goal and vision, right? Um, well, our midterm, so three to five years in the next three uh, years, right? We're a billion dollar company over which we're well on our way. We'll probably hit that next year. Um, and when we look at those long-term goals and our visions on what we're trying to accomplish as company, who we are and our vehicle, we are a self-storage company, right? All that kind of stuff. Um, I'm not going to break down and go through all this. The point is though, that long-term vision, we execute within a short term. So the vehicle we change on strategies, locations, things like that, based upon short-term um, economics and events. But we do not. But we're still moving towards the long-term goal. A perfect example of this is we started investing in assets in markets that we would have never previously bought in two years prior. Um, most of the markets off a very simple macro trend, which has been playing out fantastically. As real estate prices increased, I focused everything on the rate runway, meaning all these markets are get, have such high rates, they're getting oversupplied. Um, and as, uh, as new supply comes in, the rate runway or the runway that rates can go up is being shortened because it's evening out supply demand, right? But some markets had an inefficiency where it couldn't be supplied at any rate. So the rate runway had to double in order to create new supply. And it was like, we have a 2x multiple on revenue as far as the runway goes. And I was like, you looked at other markets and I'm like, that runway is, I mean, it's, it's nothing. It's not like it's today. The end of the runway is today, meaning I could supply that market today and make a ton of money. So the rate runway, it doesn't even need to change to have that supply. This, this point completely changed two years ago, the way we were going and the assets we were doing. We haven't changed our long-term goal. We haven't changed our strategy, the vehicle, value add, everything else like that. We had to adjust though, given the economic conditions, we're doing it again. We adjust the development. I mean, mm -hmm. when we were, well, two and a half years ago, we were looking at areas across Montana, Idaho, Iowa. Remember mm -hmm. we were looking now mm -hmm. first tier markets. Yeah. Like we, we're not buying anything in first tier markets. All of the stuff we're building those in first tier markets. Right. It's big, high end, high, high, because the spread of the cost to build to that revenue point, right, that changed. So in the two years, mm -hmm. those two things changed. But our strategy didn't, and our pathway, and our long-term goal didn't at all. Flexible in the short term, but concrete on the long term, and move within it and allow yourself to move. If you're too set on your ways 
and you can't adjust to outside forces, you are going to die as an investor because the market could care less about your strategy and about what you want. And you are not <laughs> just given equity, you're not given returns, and it's just not you being good. The market doesn't care. And you're not good enough to beat the market. So mm -hmm. short term, work within it. Yeah. Long term though, nothing changes. No, man. No, it's it's a beautiful way to break it down. And and we've kind of preached that here on the podcast where you know, we're, we're seeing all these changes and experiencing it. And like you said, we're recognizing those macro level risks and changes that are occurring. But again, we're not changing that vehicle. We're not changing the path. It's it's really that that overarching goal is, is the same. And we're going to accomplish that. Um, the kind of the testament to that, you, you're talking developments. I mean, even with the interest rate changes, I mean, I don't know how many, it's probably been three or four times that they've updated our models, you know, with our developments. Yep. Um, developments are a, a real doozy um something that obviously i mean you're talking about a three-year time frame to get something up and going and and through and open so obviously that's a long time to to have go by in the real estate world even just three years um and a lot of things can change as we've seen and uh, being able to have that flexibility within that investment strategy like aj's talking about here absolutely key because even with those interest rate changes those deals absolutely still work for us. They're they're absolute home runs, killer deals, and we couldn't be more excited about it. And we knew, and this is the thing that, you know, I, even back then, you're talking about we started these deals how long ago? Oh, dude, like a year or two ago. A year or two some ago. Some of these, yeah. And when we looked at it and stuff, we started eliminating markets because I'm like, listen, costs are rising and interest rates are going to rise to combat inflation. That means we have to be in markets that have a wide enough spread to allow those interest rates and everything to change. Nobody else was even thinking about that. Mm -hmm. And then what happened is when everything changed, they were in markets that didn't allow for the change. Now they're like, what are we going to do? How are we going to fill up? How are we going to hit break even? Our costs are 35% higher, right? On materials. We didn't have, we didn't have room for that in our development. Like we're going to have to increase rates by 35% if the market can handle it. Mm -hmm. they, like the market probably can't even handle it now. And so all of a sudden you're in a really bad spot. And we made the shift because we could see the forces that are going on in the economy are going to lead to massive short-term changes in order to hedge against short-term changes, but still accomplish our long-term vision. Here are the projects that we need to do. Cost. I mean, went up astronomically from where we were planning. Cost of capital doubled from when we were planning. And time frames. Time frames. Longer than doubled. suspected. Yeah. They're all still home run deals. Yeah. Every one of them. Home run deals. I build them all again today, starting out again. 100%. And uh, I think that shows where the focus on and what we're doing and if and how we are move within those changes. We're still developing in the markets we want, like the long-term strategy hasn't, but we definitely adjust in the short term. Absolutely, man. A good deal is a good deal is a good deal. That's right. <laughs> and more oh, deals man. are coming. Yeah, they are, man. I'm excited. I like the Paul Revere of self-storage. Yeah, The yeah. deals are coming. The deals are coming. <laughs> uh, that's so perfect. It needs to be a freaking t-shirt or something. I don't know. Like, that'd be perfect. Oh, man. <laughs> All right, you guys, I'm going to steal the mic really quickly from AJ and Connor and just uh, jump in, tell you guys thank you for listening. If you guys don't know me, 
My name is Yen. I'm the director of media here at Cedar Creek Wealth. I wanted to hop in here and read some of the reviews that you guys have been posting on our podcast, both on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, Google, wherever you guys listen. We do see those and we do read those for our feedback. It's very valuable to us because that way we know we're providing the content that you guys actually want to hear. And Crazy Dave 44 says, I love this podcast series. It's just regular guys who wanted to get into self-storage so I can relate to their entire journey through the industry because I'm in exactly the same position right now. Dave, thanks for leaving the review. Thanks for uh, listening. And really, that is our goal here at Self Storage Income. I know for a fact that uh, AJ's desire to start this podcast and to, and to keep going every single episode is to help spread the news and to educate about the self-storage industry. So thanks for the review, Dave. Thanks for listening. Spiritman87 says, I consider myself a podcast junkie. I have to say, this is my first podcast review. Out of all the podcasts I listen to, this one gives the most nuggets and real actionable steps one can utilize in their storage facility business. We appreciate the review, Spiritman. We hear you. Thanks so much for listening. The reason why it seems so real and the nuggets seem so valuable is because these are the things that we literally use every day in the deals and the acquisitions and the conversions that we do day in, day out. This is what self-storage income is all about. AJ is a pro sensei when it comes to self-storage. And one thing that I've personally noticed is that he's not afraid to share industry secrets and share those nuggets of information because they are so valuable. And to that end, we're actually hosting our second annual self-storage income live event up in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, here in a couple months, actually. So I'll go ahead and hand it back to Adrian Connor to tell you more about that event. I haven't even really started marketing. I'm even trying to think I need to get on. Um, I know that we already have had so many people that have already signed up just because they were at the last year's event. Um, it is capped. So like last year, we're not going to allow everyone to come. We're literally going to start putting it out on social media, everything else. There's a link in the bio. You guys can go find it. But we only are allowing, it's like 300 people to even go. It might even be less than that. It's September 20th through the 23rd. You got it. And um, it, you're going to have to sign up, you know, obviously way before that or those will those those tickets will be gone. Yeah, no, that opportunity is going to be gone, and it's a pretty sweet opportunity. The uh, the caliber of speakers and the atmosphere and everything that we've got there in an intimate setting like that is um, just unmatched in the industry and um, just in, in real estate meetups in general, uh, which we kind of pride ourselves on, whether it's this yeah. event or the, the CRE events that we've been thrown on. I mean, it's just been so cool. Um, to the get those quality to what you pay is oh, not dude. it's not even there yeah it's uh, amazing because i will lose money to put them on so unlike prof like event people that they're like we're event people this is what mm -hmm. we do uh last year the event cost me one hundred and fifty thousand mm dollars. -hmm. like i don't care like, it was sweet and it was amazing <laughs> and it was <laughs> i money mean well spent the dude food the <laughs> drinks the events yeah. the boats the yeah. fireworks the people that were there, it was awesome. And we're doing it again this year. Once again, the driving isn't to make the money. So we can keep it small. We can keep it intimate. And we can provide everything that you would never get at a normal event um, and do it that way, which makes it super special and unique. And that is our goal. It is quality. 
I don't mm-hmm. want to be the biggest. We don't want to be, you know, the most profitable. We want people to walk away like they did last time and say, I have never been to an event this good. And say, and say we were shocked at what, like, how did you, like, everybody was like, dude, how are you even breaking even on this? And I'm like, oh, I, I'm not. Right. He's like, that's not the point. Uh, So it's going to be incredible, epic. It's meant to be that way. We want everybody walking away saying that was the best ever storage event, hands down, like the one last time. Mm -hmm. But that was the best event, period. And if people say that, that's what we want. Right. So, like, if people say that was the best event we ever been to, that event was totally successful. And we're going to try to make that. And two, I like the fact that me and you just get to be with people. For real. Like we just get to walk yeah. around and talk to individuals, what they're doing, sit at the tables with them, mm-hmm. as well as huge operators, you know, all the guests that you've heard on the podcast, right? They're all coming and more. Um, and everybody, we can all just interact together and have real conversation. There's no sales pitch, mm-hmm. right? It's like, no, this is really what's happening. And this is really what we're seeing. Um, on the, we don't have, the only criteria I have for speakers is that I think that they are credible that I know that they are successful and that they have information to provide. I don't care who they are. I don't care if they're trying to sell something like that doesn't matter to me. So the caliber of those speakers is so, so important to us, but then people get to actually meet the speakers. Mm-hmm. They're there sitting with them. We get to talk to them, right? Uh, which that is, at least from me and your standpoint, me and Connor love that part. Oh, we do. And a lot of the attendees do. I mean, in one of our recent events, somebody actually made that comparison and said, wow, like, I totally just thought I'd come here and I'd be hanging out with everybody else. And, you know, speakers would come up on stage and, you know, I'd listen to what they have to say and X, Y, and Z. But like, I'm sitting here at a table with you guys having breakfast and we're just talking about going, you know, skiing or doing this or, you know, talking about my business and, and what you think about how this works or that works. And, um, it's just, it's such a next level, um, connection wise with all these people that are coming to these events and just the level of connection and value that you're able to achieve, um, has been awesome, man. And I just, it's, it's amazing having all these, these just killer people coming together, doing, doing awesome things. It's so more like a mastermind than it is. Oh yeah. Bags. Yeah. It's good. But so that. guys got to be at that. That's, that's going to be gotta a blast. It. It's going to be fun. We'd love to have you there. So sign up for that one, but do it quick. Um, we obviously want people. So how, how it worked in the launch is the people that were there last year got first shot. Mm-hmm. Now we want the podcast. We've talked about it on the podcast. We're trying to get everybody that are the podcast listeners because it's yep. a self-storage income event. Then from here though, then it's going out obviously to everybody, which that opens the floodgates. Yep. Yep. Exactly right. So get on it. Link is in the show notes, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in and for all your support. We'll catch you next time. Thanks everybody.